welcome to MTM Vegas. I'm Sean Coomer, the founder of Miles to Memories, and I'm so glad to have you here. Normally, I'm joined by Mark Osterman, my managing editor for the website. He's a lot of fun, but he's on vacation this week. So we're going to start out with just me talking a little bit about some of the latest requirements for mask mandates here in Las Vegas. I'll talk a little bit about my backstory and why I love Las Vegas and why maybe you should listen to me uh, as somebody who talks about Las Vegas here on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. Plus, we will have our MTM Vegas news at the end of this show, including Mark and myself talking more about what we think will happen with mask mandates in the future, the elimination of Laurel lounges, including the loss of the one at the Paris, and more coin slots coming to the Strip. So stick around for that at the end of the show. Before I get into the show, if you like this show, if you like the MTM Vegas podcast, do us a favor, subscribe. You can search MTM Vegas or Miles to Memories in any podcast app. Subscribe to the show. If you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review. A five-star written review helps us out tremendously, and we definitely appreciate that. We also have more than this podcast. We have our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We do our MTM Vegas weekly news show there. We do our tours, our reviews. So make sure to subscribe and check out the YouTube channel. And for all of our Vegas content, whether it be videos, this podcast, or the posts on the website, just head to mtmvegas.com. We have it all right there for you. Thanks so much for listening, watching, reading. We appreciate all of you. Now let's get into the show. What's interesting is that on July 20th, the Clark County Commission had a meeting where they decided the future of mask mandates in Clark County. Specifically, are they going to require everyone wearing a mask or are they going to require certain people to wear a mask? And now we have that answer. Later in the MTM Vegas News Show, we'll talk about what we think will happen long-term and whether people should plan their trips or cancel their trips uh, for Vegas based on this news. But I thought I'd talk a little bit about the news itself. And that is that Clark County has voted to require masks for certain people. And this is how it's going to work. It's going to be for employees when indoors in public spaces at their place of work. So think about casino employees or grocery store employees, things like that. They will now be required once again to wear masks in Clark County. Visitors will not be. And that's a big thing to point out because clearly they wanted to differentiate and and keep tourism going and keep people coming and not have this news get out that people will be required to wear masks. As a reminder, Las Vegas reopened in June of 2020 and spent about a year with a mask mandate. So it wasn't a huge barrier for opening up and for getting people to Las Vegas, but no doubt there's a lot of people who don't want to wear masks who have waited to plan trips until the mask mandate was gone. And the Clark County Commission, at least for now, has listened and employees are going to be required to wear them, but not guests. And I do think that they're going to do everything they can to keep guests from having to wear masks. But politics aside, I'm not taking a position on this. I'll let other people decide all of that stuff. But politics aside, I still don't think that we're going to have a wider mask mandate. I didn't expect them to move to require masks for employees so quickly. So we'll see what happens there. Like I said, I'll talk a little bit more about the future and whether you should plan a trip in the MTM Vegas news section later on in the podcast. So stick around for that. But before we get into the news, I wanted to talk a little bit about my Vegas backstory and why when you're listening or watching me, maybe you should listen, maybe you shouldn't. But I thought I would talk a little bit more about myself because that's not something that we're able to do often on YouTube. And while you can get this information by Googling and stuff, I know that it's not always front of mind and people are always asking, who are these guys? So on a future show, Mark will talk about his story. We did talk a little bit about our backstories on our first live stream on the YouTube channel, but that didn't make it into the podcast, so I thought I would talk a little bit about here. 
I did grow up in Southern California, born in the San Fernando Valley outside Los Angeles or as part of Los Angeles, and I spent most of my childhood visiting Las Vegas. My parents loved to come visit here, and I think I made my first visit when I was about five years old, and it was really crazy the sort of dynamic that went on at the time. We would come to Las Vegas, but be kind of left on our own, and my brothers are six and four years older than me, and most of the time when visiting here, I was sort of just left to them, and that wasn't always a good thing. For example, my first trip, I remember I was five and we stayed at the Las Vegas Hilton. My parents stayed at the Hilton quite often back then, but this was our last time staying there as a family. My brothers decided to throw ice out the windows, and I remember the police and security getting involved and it being pretty ugly, and then us never staying there again. Some other craziness that happened, we used to always stay at the Tropicana after that Hilton debacle, and we got in all kinds of trouble there, from getting caught gambling to turning on the water slide. There was craziness happening there in the 80s in Las Vegas, and it was the birth of the family-friendly Las Vegas. They were trying to attract families, and there were kids, not just us, running all around this city. It was a different time, a different place, but it gave me an appreciation for Las Vegas, and I think like the 80s when I was visiting was a transition period between the old Vegas and the new Vegas. The mob was on their way out. Corporate Las Vegas was on its way in. Steve Wynn was developing the Mirage and everything that came after that with the theme Mega Resorts, and so it was a transitionary period, but if you've watched the channel, I have a video of the Tropicana. I stayed there on opening night, did a review, talked so much about the history of that place and my personal history of that place. I highly recommend it because it was and is a fantastic piece of Vegas history, one that's often overlooked and one that just got sold, so it'll be interesting to see what the future is for one of the oldest properties on the Las Vegas Strip. But that's where I grew up. Uh, from the time I was five till 11, we visited here three, four, maybe five times a year, and the Tropicana became home away from home. My brothers and I explored the Strip. I remember times walking on the Strip at night, even as young as we were, being refused service at the Denny's on the Strip just because we were too young and weren't with any adults. Good times then, but we moved here when I was 11, and that was at the birth, like I said, of the family-friendly Vegas with all kinds of new projects getting built from the theme parks at MGM Grand and Circus Circus to all of the sort of mega resorts that were really designed to attract families, things like MGM Grand or New York, New York, or Treasure Island with its huge arcade and big show out front. Of course, Luxor and all of its attractions and everything else. So the family-friendly Vegas was the one I moved to and kind of came of age in and continued to appreciate that. I remember some of my earliest memories of kind of becoming into adulthood also and hanging out on the Las Vegas Strip with my girlfriend, now wife, Jasmine. We used to work late till about midnight at IHOP where we met and we would often go to movies at the Showcase Theater because they had late showings after midnight. And we went on dates at MGM Grand and Circus Circus. I remember often being at the Pink Pony Cafe at 2 a.m realizing what a terrible experience it was, but how amazing it was for Vegas as well. So all kinds of great history there. I also worked at MGM Grand when I was a teenager. I worked in the arcade down there, also worked out at the theme park occasionally in the arcade there. Didn't make a lot of money, but got an appreciation for the casino experience and what it's like working in one of these places, some of the drawbacks, some of the other craziness. My dad also worked at MGM Grand and in many other casinos working in shows. He started at MGM Grand Garden and worked for many years on EFX at MGM Grand, and I got to see the backstage of that. What a cool show that was. He also was one of the original employees at Wynn and on Le Rev. He was the diver who maintained 
all of the sets underwater. So sad to see that ripped out recently, but that is sort of how Vegas runs through my blood. But as an adult, I decided I wanted to leave Vegas. I wanted to see the world, and in 2007, my wife, Jasmine, and I decided to sell everything, and we traveled around the world for a year and a half with our then six-year-old son, and that was where we started to get beyond what you see in Vegas. Learning to see the world, to appreciate other cultures, learning about what Vegas was and how it related to the rest of the world and all of that kind of cool stuff. And I really appreciated that. But after a year and a half, we did come back to Las Vegas because this is our hometown. And since then, I've started Miles to Memories, which is a website talking about travel and credit card rewards and maximizing your travel, saving money, things like that, learning how to use miles and points to fly in business class, stay in nice hotels. And it fits really well in with the Vegas dynamic. But over the years, I've traveled to 75 countries. I stayed in tons of hotels. I've spent months at a time, many different times traveling. And I always end up here in one of the most unique travel markets in the world. Vegas is a place a lot of people love to hate. It's also a place that's unique in the world, and it's a place you can talk to anyone around the world about. When they ask where I'm from, saying Las Vegas always elicits a response, and it's amazing to see that, whether it's a good one or a bad one. But I have decided to take my knowledge and love of travel and my knowledge and love of Las Vegas and my personal history here, visiting as a child, growing up, seeing it through the 80s and 90s, the explosion, leaving and coming back and covering it all along the way. And that's what MTM Vegas is. It's that realization of my knowledge and love and expertise. And Mark on the other side didn't grow up here. He's visited here many times as an adult. He has a different relationship with Vegas, maybe similar to many of you guys. So we wanted to marry those two things together to give you this unique perspective. Both of us stay in tons of hotels. We review them for a living. We know the hospitality industry fairly well. And so we bring that aspect to it while also bringing this nerdy love of Vegas. And that's what this is all about. That's what this show is. That's why we're doing it. That's what the channel is about as well. Kind of sharing our nerdy love of Las Vegas with all of you while also trying to teach you guys how to maximize status, take advantage of deals, travel more for less money, things that we do often. When I stay in a hotel, usually I'm using points. I'm not always paying full price. Same thing with flying, same thing with rental cars and so much. So hopefully some of that knowledge will kind of leak into our Vegas content, but also the Vegas content stands for itself. So that's what this podcast is. That's my sort of backstory on Las Vegas, how I grew up here, how I came of age here, how I left and came back, how I became an expert at travel and talking about hotels and talking about this stuff. Why, when I walk into certain places, do I see things a little different than everybody else? And Mark is the same thing, just a different background, different perspective. We didn't want you to have two people agreeing on everything all the time. You'll see us fight a little bit. You'll see us laugh at each other. Most importantly, we have respect for each other and respect for the perspective that each brings to Las Vegas content. With that said, we're going to give you a preview of our MTM Vegas news. This is our show on our YouTube channel this week. So this is just the audio version. So if you have listened to that show, it's not going to be anything new here, but we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen with COVID restrictions as we move out of the summer. We'll talk about what's going to replace the Paris Laurel Lounge. We once had an epic meetup there. Really sad to see that go, although its location just off the casino floor makes sense for that. Also, tons of stuff in short supply, fuel, cleaning supplies, so much more. What's causing all that? More coin slots coming to the Strip. All that's coming up right now on this MTM Vegas. Don't forget, you can find all of our Vegas content, mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into the news. So Mark, I'm back in my studio, back in Vegas, landed here yesterday. Had an amazing time in Michigan, as we talked about, and it was great seeing you and getting the families together. 
and I landed, and we find out that things have changed quite a bit in the week since we had left, including gas shortages and pool chemical shortages and linen shortages, and we're going to talk about all of that stuff, but I know a lot of people had been asking and writing about COVID, like what's happening with COVID, because there was some news this week that the Southern Nevada Health District changed their guidance to recommend that people, whether you're vaccinated or not, wear masks indoors in crowded areas. This isn't a mandate. It's just a sort of suggestion. And then some of the casinos have uh, told their employees that they're going to have to wear masks. Venetian Palazzo, the Westgate. So that's the place we should first start is COVID. Do you think that we're going back to full mask mandates here? What is your take on all this? Yeah, that's, uh, well, I'll first say, you know, you leave Michigan and it's sunny now, so. <laughs> yeah, thanks it, for that think, rain. Thanks for all that rain. Yeah, I think it rained like four out of the six days or whatever you're here type of thing, but um, it's been a weird summer for that. But yeah, I don't know what, uh, it's tough to say. This is what I've said all along, you know, why I I thought it would take longer for airlines and public transportation to drop the mask mandate, which it's it's set to come up in September, but I doubt that it will actually be dropped at that point. I think it will be pushed out further. I think you're going to see spikes in the fall. But once you take that, you, you let it out of Pandora's box, you're kind of stuck with it. Like you can't tell people no masks um, and then go back to masks. I don't think they're going to listen and you're just going to have an issue with that. So I think it will be encouraged. I don't think there will be a mask mandate in Vegas. I could see casino employees being forced to wear them restaurants, maybe having uh, seating situations again, where they go to reduce capacity, that type of stuff, which is basically reduced capacity now because they can't get anybody to work anyway. So that's not really any difference as far as the capacity they're, they're working with at this point. But I could see those type of things. I just don't know if people would listen to a mask mandate. Uh, I think it'd be a real struggle, but you never know if it gets real bad, it's a possibility, but I, I would put my money on no. And again, we're not speaking to the politics of this. We'll let other people decide that. We're just talking about what we think is going to happen. And I tend to agree with you. Uh, Governor Sisolak turned over control over these sorts of policies to local governments. And that means that the uh, kind of local government's in charge of that. And based on their guidance, it doesn't seem like they're going to require it anytime soon. But you probably will see the casinos require all their employees to wear masks pretty soon. I think Venetia Palazzo started it off. We'll probably see all of them follow suit this week. Another thing that's happening, MGM is requiring their employees uh, to do something a little bit different who are not vaccinated. They've been uh, sort of, you know, uh, kind of allowing uh, unvaccinated people to, to not be treated too differently. Now they're going to require them to pay for their own tests. They're going to require scheduled testing. And until that goes into effect, they're going to be doing random tests and no paid time off if you haven't been vaccinated and you test positive, you'll have to quarantine, but you'll have to pay for it yourself. So they're really putting the pressure on their employees to get vaccinated. Let's put it that way. We know that they don't want these restrictions. We know that they don't want any intervention from the governments. Again, I agree with you. I don't think that we will see a mask mandate in Las Vegas, but we may see further restrictions if the cases continue to spread. And I know a lot of people are concerned about that. And you know, you're talking about all these shortages. The experience here hasn't been all that great. We're seeing people on Twitter just talk about how terrible it's been. Uh, you made a joke before the show about, you know, you can't get housekeeping. The pools are dirty. There's no gas anywhere. Um, so, yeah, Vegas is, you, you've said this many times on the show, Vegas is not 100% back. And it seems like it's getting even worse. More people are coming. 
they're still not being able to staff up. And now they're not even able to wash the sheets before you stay in the room. Yeah. And, you know, back to the MGM thing with them requiring uh, testing and stuff for unvaccinated. I, I could see that happening at other casinos. You know, you see that just in the workforce. Uh, I have a friend that has to test every day, like at the place he works at. If if you're un- unvaccinated, you have to test every day uh, and show your negative tests if, in order to not wear a mask while you're working type of thing. So that's nothing different. You know, I have another buddy that's a headhunter and basically everybody that is listing a job says you have to be vaccinated to be hired. Like that's a lot of the requirements for a lot of the places he's working with are requiring that. So, you know, it, it seems harsh in one hand. And then on the other hand, it's kind of happening everywhere. So it doesn't surprise me. And I think that uh, you'll see that with other employers in Vegas and, and elsewhere uh, type of thing, especially, you know, with the vacation, the sick time and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if they lose anybody because of it. Um, what happens with that, but yeah. And then, and then in terms of the experience, yeah, <laughs> unless you like uh, swimming in pee water, uh, and you don't want to look at your sheets with a black light cause you don't know what's going to be on them. I don't know, <laughs> man, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. You look at reviews and people still have the expectation that's going to be Vegas. And, you know, we're one of the few people that are saying it's not, it's not Vegas. If you want to go, you still have fun. But you have to understand that it's going to be a struggle. And that's basically anywhere you go, any town you go visit, any any place you travel to, you're going to have struggles. So it just is what it is right now. Yeah, it's a good point. Travel right now just isn't the same. And if you love to travel, um, then you need to be aware of these things. And I know I've heard a lot of people asking whether they should plan a trip to Vegas. I obviously had been in Vegas a lot during COVID with the masks. You had been Vegas many times with masks over the last year. I still think you should plan a trip if you're comfortable with with the safety and with COVID itself. That's obviously a personal decision, but I would not plan a trip based around the masks. I would not plan a trip based around not having housekeeping, based around waiting hours to get into a res- to a restaurant, based around all of that stuff. The mask for me would be a, a secondary consideration, although I know for people at table games, that's a big deal. Right now, again, for guests, still masks are not required. and. I know that Vegas is going to do everything it can to, to keep that from happening, but it's still a possibility. But if I was planning a trip, I would worry more about the logistics and it not being fun because of that than the mask. And I probably because I feel like the mask is uh, probably not coming back for guests, but anything could happen. But yeah, pack your own sheets. Just pack yeah, your own sheets when you exactly. go. <laughs> pack your own sheets. Bring, bring a gas can if you're going to rent the car. <laughs> If you can buy, you can't even rent a car, just bring a car. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You can't rent a car. We covered that. And the reason that there is all these shortages, at least on gas, is because there's no truck drivers to bring the gas. Apparently, there's plenty of gas sitting at the refineries, just nobody to drive the trucks to bring them here. I don't know if that's a case all throughout the West Coast. I don't think we saw those issues on the East Coast over in Michigan when I was there. But uh, yeah, it's just another kind of crazy thing that's popping up with COVID and it'll probably settle itself fairly quickly. But I I landed yesterday and we stopped at a uh, convenience store to get something to drink and walked right in and right there on the doors. No, at that particular station, there was no mid-grade or premium. They still had regular, but all the Sam's clubs, I believe around town are completely sold out. And a lot of the stations are just completely sold out as we drove down the street. So it is real. There is no gas. It's amazing how much people wait in line to save the 30 cents at Costco and stuff. And now they're out of gas. <laughs> so I can only imagine what the, the lines were like as people were trying to get the last bit out of those places. But 
Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't know what's going on with the chemicals. Maybe it's just a manufacturing issue that they can't get them um, and they're not able to wash the sheets enough and running out of chemicals for that too. But uh, definitely stay away from uh, the pools maybe uh, or be cautious in them, uh, particularly at places like Link that are known to be party pits that people don't ever leave the pool um, and occasionally will uh, throw up into the pool. <laughs> you see that report often. I mean, it's not going to get cycled through or cleaned as quickly anymore these days. So be cautious. Uh, if you're going for a pool trip, you might want to look elsewhere, go somewhere else uh, for a pool that has chemicals and can clean it for at least for the time being. Who knows how long it will be like this, but that's kind of crazy. One thing you would never expect to have an issue with is pool chemicals. Yeah, I know we have a pool at my house and our pool guy has had to raise the prices because he includes the chemicals in the servicing. And he said his costs have gone up astronomically. So uh, I think that's across the board. And one last point, because we definitely want to move on is the housekeeping. I've stayed in a lot of hotels and housekeeping just across the board isn't as good as it's been. So in Vegas, yes, you may never get your room cleaned, but the person cleaning your room in between guests may not be doing as good of a job to your point of using a black light. Uh, if you really are sensitive to to like dirt in the rooms or just being in a room where every little nook and or a pill like Rick, like Rick found, yeah. found a pill to Ibiza. Yeah. Or <laughs> in, in, in Tampa, my hotel in Tampa, I found a couple of jelly beans on the floor. I found some interesting things. And so if you're really worried about clean hotel rooms, this may not be the best time. I mean, these housekeeping staffs are overworked. There's not enough of them. And the training isn't there either. They're getting people who haven't traditionally done this and uh, it's just sort of a mess. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, and if you want to learn how to check with the uh, with the uh, the light, Mark has his video about checking for bed bugs. And we show you exactly how to do that. Uh, to which my wife is horrified. Says, "Why would he want to look under the bed? What what happens if he finds something there?" Uh, then you don't bring him home. Oh, uh, funny side story. I did this uh, a year, two years ago. Arby's uh, ran a contest where you could win a trip to Hawaii for six dollars, and you know, like two, three, four hundred thousand people tried to get in and I was one of the 10 people that won. So there's an article on the site we'll put in the show notes about that experience. But while I was staying in LA before we took the flight out to uh, to Honolulu, I lifted up the bed to check for bed bugs and I found a box of unused condoms under there. So you never know what you're going to find underneath the mattress. So that's kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of like a scavenger hunt in and of itself. But yeah, I found a, a big bottle of uh pills too which who puts them under a mattress i don't know but you do find some stuff there it's very strange what is it that they say ignorance is bliss I don't yes know. true until they come home with you yeah that's true <laughs> when it comes to bed bugs and i've known a few people yeah you don't you don't want that all right let's talk about happier things and nothing makes me happier than hearing coins hitting a hopper in a casino because you just don't hear it very often and on the channel i had highlighted the coin slots at circus circus they have a bank of dollar slot machines kind of near their main entrance and it's really popular and word came this week that they're installing even more machines even more coin machines 25 cent machines this time so if you like coins i think that's really the only place on the strip itself that has coin machines there's quite a few casinos downtown like el cortez that still have quite a few coin machines but uh, good to see this i think it adds a lot of atmosphere a lot of energy and uh, Circus Circus trying to differentiate itself from its new neighbor who is all cashless all the time. Well, they still have tickets, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's always fun. You know, when I first started going to casinos around here, you can go at 18 to the Indian Reserve casinos. So 
we made a trip. I was the last one to turn 18. We drove out there and they had the big buckets, the plastic buckets that you'd scoop all your coins into. And we always kept a few buckets. We'd take them home, you know, to store knickknacks or, you know, to hold change in the car and stuff. So it was always a fun experience. Your hands were disgusting. And who knows? And <laughs> in in the, now we're in a pandemic touching coins and stuff. You're like, oh, that's really weird. But it is fun to hear it, you know, hit the the metal hopper and and it just, uh, it, it gets exciting when you're cashing out and you hear that for a couple minutes of all this money flowing out. Even if it's the amount that you bought in for, you feel like you won. So it's cool that they're adding it. I wish more people would bring it back, but I'll definitely have to check it out. Not a place I normally go, but, you know, for that, it's worth uh, popping in, especially if you're at Resorts World, it's just on the street. Yeah, Circuit Circus just next door to Resorts World. It's good to see them adding a little bit of money to add to do some new stuff although admittedly these machines are probably cheap you know they're probably getting ripped out of other casinos and so a good cheap way for them to differentiate themselves and i can't wait to see if they actually renovate that place what it might look like if they spend a little bit of money there and speaking of renovations mark did you see this uh, tweet that i sent you about the paris laurel lounge slash diamond lounge and there had been rumors that it's going to be turning into a vanderpump garden something similar to what is at Caesars, probably a different concept or name, but certainly owned by Lisa Vanderpump, which I know you love, good old uh, Lisa Vanderpump. But yeah, the pictures came out and the Diamond Lounge at Paris is gone. Bye. Yeah, uh, my wife and I watch Vanderpump Rules, so we always were interested in the, she always comes up with great concepts and the bars, restaurants she does are always really high end and, and have a cool flair to them. So. I do like the cocktail garden, so I'm excited to see what this becomes. It's sad that a Laurel Lounge is leaving for sure, but it sounds like they might not ever come back, or if they do, it's going to be really reduced. So, you know, if they're going to rip it out, why not put something cool in it? And that location really is probably the best location. You know, a lot of lounges are upstairs or down hallways or kind of hidden, and that one was like right in the middle of the, the action, right when you walk through the corridor between Ballets and Paris. So it really is a great position for a, a restaurant or a bar or something like that. So knowing that at least it will be used for something is cool. And the fact that it's going to be one of her properties is nice. Um, it's probably going to be amazing, whatever it, it ends up being. So I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah, this is not good news for people who love the lounges because it just means that management has looked at how they best can utilize those spaces and to your point, hopefully we do get back some lounges or in some capacity. And some of the locations, like the one at Planet Hollywood or even the one at Caesars Palace, they're kind of out of the way and not in a prime time location where you'd want to put a high end venue. But this one is right off the casino floor next to yeah. the lobby. Uh, like that, plus Harris. So I think like half of them will stay just because what else are you going to do with that area? But yeah, so it, it, hopefully we do get them back. But. If I was buying a company like Eldorado did to Caesars and I was trying to figure out how to maximize square footage in high, high density areas, this would be the first venue I would probably take out. So it makes perfect sense. But yeah, you can see in the picture exactly how it lines up to the, to the lounge. I can see exactly what they've done to it, ripping out the stuff and uh, a little bit sad about that, but new times ahead. And it's just a good reminder, as we've talked about so many times, Caesars Entertainment has a new owner. And they are making big changes and that company will look very different in the end. And so are their properties after all of that, which brings us to the next thing, which is the World Series of Poker is probably moving to Bally's in Paris in 2021. It's going to happen at Rio this year, as it has for many years. But there was some confirmation from this pool 
association that usually has their tournament at Bellies, and they basically said they're moving to Westgate because they got evicted for next year to make room for World Series of Poker. And uh, so that's probably going to happen, not confirmed, uh, although it wouldn't be a surprise. The owners of the Rio have said that they're going to start their redevelopment soon. Caesars has a contract to manage it, I think, through December of this year, and that'll probably turn over to the new owners at that point where Hyatt will start kind of moving in to make the renovations and change that property. So, yeah, I mean, World Series of Poker, of course, it was Some, downtown for a long time. Something leaving Caesars is now good news. It used to be bad news, but now <laughs> it's good news. There you go. It's all about how you uh, how you spin it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it if they re uh, revamp that property. One, we're both uh, Hyatt fanboys, so that's cool that they're going to have a couple different Hyatt, and I guarantee you that it'll probably be nicer than the, the Conrad and Crockford's and all. All that from Hilton, even though that was supposed to be high end, it doesn't look high end. So I'm looking forward to checking out those hotels and then to see how they redo uh, the floor, the gaming floor, because that was always like a cool draw for there. And it's just gotten dated. So I'm interested to see what Rio becomes. And then maybe they'll have a really good players club, which I'm I'm uh, open, open uh, for business. I'm looking for a new spot. So, you know, I'll keep trying different areas and see where I land uh, to put my gaming dollar. So I'm looking forward to it. Did you gamble a decent amount at Resorts World? Have you gotten any offers in their app or anything from them at all? No, I, I, to be honest, I haven't opened the app, so I don't know if there's anything in there, but I didn't gamble a ton. I put maybe like an hour in of play at a table game. I mean, my, my average of bet was probably pretty decent, but I just didn't put the time in. We didn't have it when we were there, you know, so I didn't, didn't focus a lot of energy on it. The plan was uh, when I was going to go there and stay in September, I was going to, you know, put a long session in and kind of see what I can get out of it. But after seeing those pictures that we shared last week, uh, I actually canceled my reservation there. I'm not going to pay a premium to go to Crockford's and have it look like a a Conrad that isn't all that great in the first place. So uh, I took advantage of a a deal we have through uh, Amex Platinum Card. You get a $200 credit a year for fine hotels and resorts. So we booked at Four Seasons for the night to check that out going full f- fancy, then move down to the Waldorf with my free nights. So, uh, you know, I'll have those to report on. I get to stay at Four Seasons before you do, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> Are you sure about that? I could always just go book and go stay. No, no I don't have plans. pretend, I, don't have pretend plans. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have plans to stay there, and I won't uh, get there before you do. I have stayed at the Waldorf. It's nice, and uh, good to see you uh, getting that upgrade. Definitely think Four this- Seasons is a big, a big upgrade over Crockford's. Yeah, and this will be my first time going to Vegas and not staying at a gaming property, and we're doing it at two different ones. So that will be a unique experience for me, not something I've ever done. So I'll be curious to see, like, does it change, you know, the vibe of Vegas for me? Do, is it more? Do I find it more relaxing? Do I miss, you know, having the casino right there? So stuff to report in the future for sure. But it, I'm, I feel like it will be a different trip than I'm used to, which will be interesting. Well, I think Four Seasons, I mean, it still has the Mandalay Bay Casino, so I, I still consider that a gaming property. Waldorf, True. True. Waldorf, you really are separated out there, so you have to walk outside to, to do it. But either way, you're still close, and I think you might like it because you have these separate kind of areas that are not gaming. You're not kind of bombarded with the casino. You have nice, quiet places to go. So I can't wait to hear on the Four Seasons, which I've heard great things about, and it's probably the last of the high-end hotels in Vegas I haven't stayed at. So I do need to get over there, but since you, since it means so much to you, Mark, I'll I'll wait till after you come in September. So you <laughs> I'm can sure you'll come over and film it while I'm there anyway. So you'll still get to check it out. Yeah, for sure. And our last uh, story is just because we're kind of 
you know, we're kind of a, of a similar age, late 30s, early 40s. Boy bands were popular when we were kind of coming into adulthood. Nothing more popular than NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and the Venetians bringing a residency with boys to men, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC members, including like Joey Fatone and Nick Carter. Joey Fatone looking a little old these days, but uh, I, I forgive him. It's kind of cool. August 19th to 22nd, uh, they got, I think, AJ from Backstreet Boys, Wanya Morris from Boys to Men, and the other two. It's going to be fun. What's the what's the deal with uh, Vegas calling all these things residencies when it's like a four day or two week? You know, I think of residency like a Celine Dion where she's there all year round, multiple days a week type of thing, or um, Wayne Newton type of thing. Like, I don't know if that just makes it seem better than it is, and that's the new term they use. But I never understood that residency to me means you're going to be there, not oh a limited time event. Yeah, you're right. It's probably not a residency. I don't even know if they use that. Maybe I use that term and I shouldn't have, but I'm not seeing <laughs> but it on they the flyer. I mean, so. they did it like Resorts World did it for like, uh, what, Miley Cyrus and stuff and like Carrie Underwood. They're not going to be there all year. It's not like a full-time thing. Maybe they'll be like coming back several times throughout the year, but it just doesn't seem like I think of residency in Vegas as like those pillars that have that are always there type of thing. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. So I'm excited for this show, though. It's, it seems like it's a custom show, the after party, they're calling it. And uh, hopefully we get more of these sort of one-off shows where they bring in some interesting people. And it's just another way that Venetian and Wynn is doing this with some of their comedy shows. They're trying different forms of entertainment as they reemerge from COVID, especially before all these big sort of shows get back online. So some interesting uh, opportunities here if you're coming to Vegas. And if you're wondering why our show this week is a little early... We wanted to cover the COVID news because we'd gotten a lot of questions about what was going on with COVID, what we thought. And also, Mark is on vacation this week, so he was nice enough to record this a little bit early so we can do that. And then we will be back uh, next week in our normal slot of a Thursday, Friday release. So it'll be about a week and a half before we have another one of these videos. But uh, we definitely appreciate you guys watching and listening. I know Mark's going to be enjoying his vacation and all that that has to offer. So... Yeah, hopefully I come back uh, pretty tan uh, next week. So that's that's my goal. Lots of beach time, lots of water time, lots of beer time. That's the key. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the MTM Vegas podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Find all of our Vegas content, mtmvegas.com. If you like this show, don't forget, leave us a five-star review. A review in Apple Podcasts helps us out. Tell a friend. Check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. Thanks so much for listening, reading, watching. Talk to you next time.